0: Hey guys, this is the Robbie Starbucks Show with Robbie Starbucks as your host. Um, happy to be here with you guys. Hope you all had a great weekend. We've got some really crazy stuff to talk about today. Uh, you know, I think probably the first thing we could jump right into is this Epstein uh, saga because there's there's a lot of updates in this story. We'll dive right in here because this has been coming out piecemeal. You know, piece by piece, we've been getting you know little drips out about the details in this case. Uh, One of the things that happened on the fifth was that Epstein docs revealed a worker there at the Palm Beach mansion removed computers before the FBI could search the premises. I think given everything that's happened in the Epstein case, it is totally fair to be questioning whether there was a tip off. To where they knew they needed to remove these things because it seems a little unnatural that out of all times all the years they had these shenanigans going on where, where they were in these criminal activities that that was the time they decided hey let's get rid of the computers that seems a little too good to be true for him because it says you know that they needed them to remove the computers that's in in the transcript here which you can see okay so that's that's step one This is the big breaking news literally moments before we came on today is that the Epstein docs claim that sex tapes have been filmed featuring Prince Andrew, Bill Clinton and Richard Branson. Keep in mind during a raid in 2019, the FBI found a safe filled with CDs and hard drives at that Epstein townhouse in New York City. Then they mysteriously lost the tapes and never told us what was in it. So this is the claim here you can see from the documents it says when my friend had intercourse with clinton prince andrew and richard branson sex tapes were made they were in fact filmed on each separate occasion by jeffrey so i want everybody to think this through okay first of all this did not start nor will it end with jeffrey epstein this will continue It's something i've been saying over and over and over again until i'm blue in the face this practice of blackmail and honeypot schemes will continue and continue, and continue, you know why? Because it has been very effective. I want you to think through how many foreign policy decisions, how many decisions here at home have been made from a a point of view where the person in power has been blackmailed with this type of stuff. You know, I'm happy to see Madison Cawthorn speak up about it now. I just saw a clip where he was on Benny Johnson's show And he's talking about how this is something everybody needs to be aware of. And I think, again, if you're in a powerful position, I don't care whether you're a CEO or whether you're in Congress, if you're not acutely aware of the fact that there are people out there, powerful entities and just normal people with interests that are willing to do anything to push you in line with their interests. You are a fool and you don't belong in that position because these people who are out there. They will use every tool at their disposal to lean on powerful people and entities to get what they want. So it's, it's a game of power and they are using it at their own, you know, for their own benefit. And that's something that should not surprise anybody. You know, what's more surprising is that when Madison Cawthorn initially said this when he was in Congress, quite a few people laughed at him. And I'm not sure why they were laughing. What about what he said is unbelievable to you guys? We've seen this play out over and over and over again. We just saw it when the FBI was, they had this new building, you know, in front of Congress. Congress was deciding whether or not to appropriate the money for this new building. The FBI wants a new headquarters that would be state of the art, okay? At the same time that happens, that's when the story came out that said that they had raided these brothels in DC and in Boston, okay? I knew instantly this was a honeypot situation. It was a warning to members of Congress that they better get their new headquarters. That's how, it, that's how it came off to me. And lo and behold, in the last week we found out, oh, it was a honeypot scheme and they're blaming foreign entities for it. But I think that a story we're going to have coming in the next month is going to call into question whether it was a foreign entity that was running this because I think what we're going to be bringing to the table is going to force some people into uncomfortable questions. And uh, it's already forced us to, you know, sort of reevaluate how we see this situation at these brothels because what if our own government was doing this? What, What would you say if our own government was doing this and why would they be doing it? And once you go down that rabbit hole, it gets dark very quickly. It gets dark very, very quickly because you start to realize that if our government is doing this to our own members, well, that would mean that we don't have elected representatives. It would mean that a, a shadowy group of people who have never been elected truly run the country through blackmail. And that's, that's kind of a terrifying thought, I think, for most people. But that's the reality of where we stand. And so when you see these Epstein things, you know, you have to think in this context that while all of this sounds really, you know, salacious, horrible, obviously this guy is a predator and the people who are around him were predators. This is not over. It's not over. I mean, look, I mean, just look at the Epstein case. The clients in the Epstein case have not been held accountable. And by the way, I meant to mention at the beginning of the show, we are not going to do call-ins today. So if you see the title and it's telling you to call in, I apologize. There's not going to be call-ins today because we have a very tight timeline. Um these new Epstein files also revealed photos of young women, girls on his island. Okay. So that puts to bed some people had, you know, I know there were some hangers on to conspiracy saying there were no young girls on this island. There's photos, there's copious evidence to the case that, that there were minors on this island, eyewitnesses, so on and so forth. So uh, this should put this, this part to bed. I'm not going to put the photos because, um, you know, I, th- I think it's sort of disturbing that the victims have to be re-victimized by having their faces put out there and even answer questions about this whole thing. I think they've been through enough and I don't think that they owe us anything. I think that the government owes us a lot. They owe us answers. They owe us accountability for the people who did this to the women and the young girls who were on that island and on that plane and in other properties owned by Epstein. So you know, when you look at this, uh, th- this is hitting the news now and it's just, uh, I think, not a surprise to a lot of people. If you've really been in the know, it should not be a surprise the idea that they had sex tapes of these people. I think that's been a general assumption for a very long time. Now, another story that came up this this is just honestly unbelievable. It really is. I, I'm gonna pull it up here. If you haven't heard about this, our Secretary of Defense, his name's Lloyd Austin. Lloyd Austin literally disappeared for four days. The President of the United States did not know his defense secretary was in the hospital. The White House had no clue. The Pentagon didn't tell anybody pretty much. In in fact, here's what's so irritating about the situation. It's the fact that they treat us like we're stupid. You know, people aren't stupid. You can see right through the lies on this thing. Okay, so the DOD says this was an elective surgery How many elective surgeries do you know of that happen on January 1st on literally New Year's Day? How many elective surgeries do you know get scheduled for that day? I don't know of very many, okay? And by the way, the word elective, if you look it up, there's a whole lot of very serious surgeries that can be classified as elective, including cardiac surgeries. Now, why would they want to hide the Secretary of Defense being in the hospital? Why would they want that to be a secret? There's only a few reasons I can think of that make sense to me. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm crazy, maybe there's other reasons, but I'll tell you the reasons that make sense to me if it was a cardiac issue. I think they would be motivated to hide that given the way they treated unvaccinated soldiers and the questions that would come after if this was in fact a cardiac issue since Lloyd Austin has been very vocal about his stance on the vaccines and the fact that he is very, very, very pro the COVID vaccines. So I think they would want to avoid questions for that. If that was the elective surgery with something having to do with his heart, I think maybe they'd want to hide it if it's gender reassignment. That's what Matt Walsh said to me when I put this up on Twitter. He said, maybe it's gender reassignment. You know, maybe, maybe, I mean, that would have sounded crazy a few years ago, right? But then you've got Biden has named very high up official who calls themselves Rachel Levine, okay? As an admiral, so if, if we're gonna have some confused men in these high positions that decide that they identify as women, why would Lloyd Austin be any different? Maybe he's there for his sex change. I don't know. What I'm saying is it doesn't make sense why you would hide an elective surgery. And here's the, the real tell that this was not an elective surgery, okay? His deputy did not learn of his hospitalization until two days after taking over his duties, okay? And here's the kicker. If you were planning an elective surgery, you would plan ahead at your work. You'd plan to have somebody cover you, or you'd plan to get all your work done ahead of time, okay? But generally, somebody's going to plan for themselves to be covered, correct? Well, Lloyd Austin did no such thing. In fact, his deputy was on vacation in Puerto Rico when they found out that she was going to be taking over and assuming his responsibilities. Does that sound like an elective surgery to you guys or does it sound like an emergency? It sounds like an emergency to me with a cover-up to say, oh, elective and no big, try to, try to sell the idea of no big deal. When the president had no idea, the White House had no idea, they've been very clear about that. They had no clue what was going on. We're talking about the Secretary of Defense, guys. That is not normal, that's not a normal thing. And you can see here, it, this is not just some crazy thing I came up with. This is NBC admitting that his A, or I'm sorry, his deputy, Deputy Hicks, was on vacation in Puerto Rico. You can't make this stuff up. You can't make this stuff up. So the Pentagon admitted to this, And she began making contingency plans to return to Washington from her vacation on Friday, but was told the defense secretary was preparing to resume full communications capability and the associated operational responsibilities, which informed her decision to stay on vacation. So she stayed on vacation while assuming the defense secretary responsibilities while he's in the hospital. Oh, and by the way, the way that that's cleverly worded, it almost sounded like he's out of the hospital now, right? Because he's reassuming the responsibilities as of, uh, I, I think it was, what did they say? He reassumed them on Friday or over the weekend. Yeah, no, he's still in the hospital. He's still in the hospital right now, in the ICU. How many elective surgeries do you know that have somebody in the ICU for almost a week? Anybody have a good answer to that? Because I don't. I don't, I don't have a good answer to that. I think that that kind of says everything. So let's, let's go ahead and jump, um, this, this one's just, we're gonna get back to Sirius in a second because we're gonna talk about all the evil in Hollywood and we're gonna talk about some planes and the Amish and everything else, but we've got to get to a funny story first, okay? Near Chicago, there is what has been self-described as a super mayor. She is a Democrat and she's like a real life Parks and Rec. I mean, if you haven't seen this, it's hilarious. I'm going to go ahead and play the video. Um, at one point, she compares herself to Jesus, which is the not funny part, but she, the, this lady is legitimately serious. So I'm going to let uh, Jack Mack from Barstool break this down for you guys.
1: Real life parks and rec situation going on in a small village outside of Chicago, thanks to this mayor, Tiffany Haynard. And with George Santos leaving the house, this is the new funniest, most corrupt politician in the United States of America. I learned about Tiffany today when I read an article about the ordinance she's putting in that states, if she loses her reelection to be mayor, the mayor salary will be decreased from $225,000 to $25,000. But if she wins, it will stay the same. When I read that, I realized I had to learn everything about this woman. And as it turns out, the 90% pay cut doesn't even crack the top 10 of the most corrupt things that this woman has done in a short year that she's been the mayor of Dalton, Illinois. If you're on a highway near Dalton, Illinois, you will see billboards of Tiffany Henier. These are all billboards that are paid for by taxpayers, and they advertise things such as senior services and free fresh produce. But... Tiffany always puts her face and name in huge letters opposed to the actual thing it's advertising in order to get her name out there. And as I said, this is all paid for by
0: taxpayers.
1: Tiffany recently went to Las Vegas with a few of her friends to attend a
0: conference. First class, by the way. I'm just pausing it to make that very clear. She went first class to Vegas <laughs> on taxpayer dime. While
1: there, She spent all of this money on airfare, hotels, and then money at restaurants like Ruth Chris's, Cafe Hollywood, Hot and Juicy Crawfish. And this was all paid for by the taxpayers because she was there attending a conference. She also spent a fair amount of money at Bubba Gump's uh, Shrimp Company. And then she brought the hat that she bought there. her town council when she was being questioned about the money she spent in las vegas afterwards tiffany was asked by the local news station about her time in las vegas (laughs) i just want to remind you before you watch this clip this is this is not a show this is real life this is not this is not comedy it's not a skit. you didn't go to las vegas Mm. what what is that no comedy You don't know if you were in Las Vegas? No (laughs) comment. Of course I do. Were you?
2: It's not paid by them.
1: Did you fly first class to live?
0: Spoiler, it was paid by them.
2: Las Vegas? Any other
1: questions? She's also recorded a music video with taxpayer dollars. It's not even her own song. It's just her singing over it. (laughs) This is a legit comedy show i can't wait for the documentary about this look at her with the cops <laughs> and the
0: crazy thing all right now watch this
2: nobody know something don't nobody know nothing nobody i know i ain't gonna get my, my um due for it but i'll take it as flattery so i appreciate it thank you next and all i can tell you is that i'm a, i am a fighter and y'all know that so when you come for me no be prepared for the fight because at the end of the day they talked about jesus christ So why don't I think y'all are not going to do me the same way? Somebody that's healing y'all and helping y'all, same thing I'm over here doing, right? healing and helping.
0: She thinks she's healing and helping like Jesus. This is the Democratic Party of today, okay? I I I don't know exactly what to call it, but it's definitely not akin to Jesus. I mean, just absolutely psychotic stuff. You can't make this stuff up, honestly. This lady, she created a rule that she makes around 300,000 collectively between two city jobs including her mayor position it is just outside of Chicago, okay? She created an ordinance so that if anybody else becomes mayor except for her, the salary drops down to about 20 grand, okay? But if it's her and she keeps winning, she keeps getting paid, what ends up close to 300 grand between the two jobs she has at the city? um, Which essentially are the same thing. And there's a whole thing going through her billing where they look at like, the billing of her hours and they they they're totally nonsense cool it basically leaves time to like sleep two hours a night or something crazy this lady i think is going to be a gift that keeps giving i I don't think we've heard the last of her i think we're going to see some more insane stuff i think she's going to drive that area to bankruptcy because she's using the town credit card okay um that's something i don't think jack Mac covered there but she's using the town credit card so this is going to be something that we keep tabs on because uh you know if we had an honest media they'd be chasing down stories like this because I guarantee there's a lot of salacious details of what's going on there. I mean, if you see some of these videos she's getting out of her car that's been chauffeured there and she's got security taking her out by hand while she's wearing these gaudy outfits. I mean, it's, it's honestly like out of a movie or a TV show. It's just, it's pure comedy if it wasn't so damn sad because she's driving the area she's supposed to represent probably into bankruptcy. Um, something else. Something else I wanna cover here, and this is the Elon Musk story that the Wall Street Journal put out. They put out this story saying, Elon Musk has used illegal drugs, worrying leaders at Tesla and SpaceX. Could you have a more desperate, thinly veiled attempt to hit Elon, okay? Let's ask this story. Does anybody believe that the writers or people at Wall Street Journal or the people who claim to be worried at SpaceX and Tesla, does anybody think they're not on drugs? Anybody? Does anybody think they live these extremely moral lives? I have trouble believing that myself. So I think you probably have trouble believing that too. So this, this feigned concern about Elon, we're talking about somebody who operates at a level most people can't even fathom, okay? He sleeps about three hours a night. The guy runs the most successful companies in the world. Everything he touches turns to gold pretty much when it comes to companies, okay? He is on the forefront of everything that is going to advance humanity in the future, okay? This is a guy pushing the very limits of what a human being can do and the amount he's getting done and fighting for free speech on X, okay? And he's he's sacrificing his own money. I mean, it's not like the guy's gonna go broke doing it or anything, but he is making, you know, real significant contributions to the American people by purchasing X and fighting for free speech and taking on the fight he's taken on, okay? Because there are some demons, and I'm not talking about just here in the U.S., I mean globally, that are after him because of what he's done to advance free speech and advance conservative ideas, honestly. And so... When you see headlines like this, just know what it really means. It means these people cannot control him. This is what they do when they cannot control somebody. If they see somebody of great power or wealth step out of line, this is what they do to try to tear them down. The American people see through it now. That's, you know what's sad? Is that about 10 years ago, stories like this would have destroyed somebody. And so I do think at some point we need a retrospective where we go back 10 years, maybe 15, and reexamine the stories the media has told about people where they've suddenly decided to tear somebody down. We need to go take a look backwards at some of those things and see where maybe we got it wrong as the American people because at the time people still trusted the media. I do think that's an imperative at some point to make sure were we fair, did, did, we, did we do the right things? Um, you know, because when you talk about a crooked media, just look at what happened in Iowa, okay? In Iowa, you had this mass shooter in, in in Perry. He used he, they pronouns with female avatars on Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. He killed a sixth grader, injured five, and also planted an IED at the school. Okay, this was a radical, a, a trans identifying, you know, because he says, I think, non-binary, In one of his things had a trans flag in one of his posts. Um, guy who was a mass, a mass killer. I mean, there's no other way to say he's a mass killer, absolutely psychotic. And look at how it was framed by Associated Press. The Associated Press actually turned the Iowa school shooter into a victim. A sixth grader was gunned down by this transgender activist and the Associated Press wrote about how they were bullied into committing murder. And it's true. The Associated Press ran cover in the article about the shooting actually brought up a whole section on how Some people believe that the shooting was due to bullying received by this kid. I'm sorry, but last time I checked, bullying is not an excuse for murder. It's not an alibi you can use. It's not some evidence to get you out of it. Bullying should never result in murder. It should result in adults doing whatever is necessary to stop the bullying. I think everybody agrees with that. But we have a media that's truly sick. And, you know, they're really only really only outdone by Hollywood and politics. I mean, it's like media, Hollywood, politics. That's that's like kind of the ranking of evil. You can go, go from three to one. Um, and so it's only fair we touch on Hollywood. Last night was the Golden Globes and Jim Gaffigan, who I wanna preface this clip. I don't know whether he is saying what everybody knows and it's funny to these people because it's true, or if he's trying to make fun of the rest of the world who all understand that there is a pedophilia problem in Hollywood. But watch what Jim Gaffigan said as he was presenting an award. In Globes. I mean, I, I can't even believe I'm in the entertainment industry. I can't, I, you know, it's so unlikely. I'm from a small town in Indiana. I'm not a pedophile, you know. I just- That laughter should tell you everything you need to know. Okay? It doesn't really matter what his intention was. I mean, it does. In his eternal judgment, it will matter. But his intention there doesn't really matter for all practical purposes for you and I. Because the truth is, Hollywood is showing that they're self-aware, that they have an identity crisis, that people understand there is a pedophilia and pervert problem in their business. The, the people, not just in America, but across the globe, understand this to be true. And so when they make a joke like this at their award shows, they're only advancing the narrative we have successfully presented to the world, which is that there is a problem here. There is a problem here, it is sick and it must be stopped. We have to protect kids. And we see it on a constant basis, the lack of protection for kids. I'm gonna bring up a couple disturbing images. Um, Because I think that this connects and it's something that has bothered me for a very long time. So, you know, I have challenged Lil Nas X and his record label for a very long time to show their analytics to his YouTube channel. The reason I have done that is pretty simple. His song Old Town Road that made him famous, that was a huge hit with kids, massive, okay? He became one of the most subscribed to artists in the world because of that, because of that video and that song. It was with Billy Ray Cyrus. If you haven't heard it, you probably have heard it and you just don't remember because it was played everywhere. And so when he came out with Montero and his video where he is grinding and simulating sex with Satan and going down a stripper pole to hell and showing just really explicit, disgusting stuff, my first thought was the kids. Because kids had subscribed to his channel, YouTube did not set any sort of explicit warning on this. So everybody who subscribed due to Old Town Road, which include very, very, very young children, they received alerts to watch his Montero video and other videos he's put out that are extremely explicit. It's the intentional sexual grooming of kids, and there's no other way around it. That is exactly what he did. And so, you know, if the sexualization of kids was not enough for him, he was already mocking God. Now he's moved forcefully into the arena of total sacrilege and going after our savior, Jesus Christ, for those of us who are Christian. So I want you guys to check this out. This is his album art where he is simulating that he is Jesus. And here's a teaser video he put out for his new video. All I got to say, I would not want to be him at the end of this, you know, when it comes time for our actual judgment, because this life, this is very, you know, this is, this is fleeting. You know, I, I, I love it because the best part of my life is being a dad, but I'm hyper aware that this is fleeting here. I could die tomorrow. You know, what really matters is what happens after this. Um, and as long as I'm here, you know, uh, my, my kids and, and my family and, and my responsibilities, my community, those are the things that matter. Um, but at the end of all this, you know, you want to have a life of character and integrity and actions that are gonna leave you in a good place where, you know, you, you have the result I think we're all hoping for you know, in eternity. But clearly Lil Nas X does not have those same goals because he is not concerned about where he's going. He should be. And I genuinely pray, you know, here's the thing. Standing in judgment is not enough. You know, very clearly, I have judged him, and I have challenged him and his label. Um, I've judged him for good reason, and I feel righteous reason, because he's victimizing children. And I've been very clear about that. And I've told his label and him, if I'm wrong, go ahead and sue me. But what I've said is, what they're doing is the intentional grooming, sexual grooming of children. It's very clear. And they could prove me wrong by showing their analytics, and they won't do it. They haven't done it. And I know his label. I, I previously worked with people at his label. I've seen analytics for videos like this. I know what they're doing. And I put it out there because it's true. And so, you know, judgment is one thing. Calling them out is another thing. Those are very important. But there's also the lifeline. And the lifeline I would put out there, you know, is people like him should know we don't want to hate you we don't want you to lack salvation we want good things for all people we want you to be saved we want you to make the right choices honestly even if you don't believe in jesus even if you're not a christian wouldn't you like to die as some semblance of a moral person that people could say he was a good man because i live my life you know obviously with a religious understanding and belief of what will happen but let's pretend i'm wrong if i'm wrong i want to at least be able to die having my children and grandchildren being able to say he was a good man he stood up for what he believed in he he didn't do anything immoral he never cheated he never lied to get ahead he never pulled somebody else down just so he could get up you know he he always acted by an integral set of standards. Clearly, that's not something going on for Lil Nas X. That may be because of abuse. And this is the thing I would caution people. There are a lot of evil people in Hollywood. You know, for those of you who don't know my career background, because I'd say about half of my audience is aware that I used to be a significant director in Hollywood. I directed a lot of people, Oscar-winning actors, actresses, some of the biggest music stars in the world. And I can tell you, you know, I left that industry. Um, because I needed a clear conscience. I needed to be able to tell the truth about what was wrong in our culture. I needed to be able to be living my faith and I couldn't do that in Hollywood. It's, it's, it's simply not possible if you're in the mainstream of it. So if you're in the mainstream, if you're on the edges or you're doing Christian film, stuff like that, or you're doing your own thing, very different deal. But if you're working with the biggest people, it is very difficult to have a clear conscience at the end of the day, because you know the people all around you are sacrificing morality, or worse yet, they're going after intentionally the next generation to, we'll just say, impart very evil things on them and into their brains. And I'm not gonna be a part of that. I'm gonna be a part of the opposite. I'm gonna be a part of stopping that. And I'm not the only person in Hollywood who felt that way and and you know said, you know what, I'm happy to burn my career down, but line in the sand, I'm, I'm not taking part in this evil industry, okay? Um, and it, it was a gradual thing in Hollywood, by the way. It wasn't like when I first got into Hollywood, I understood it to be this evil entity. I really didn't. This is something, the further you go up, the more you realize what people are okay with and that people are okay with the mass sexualization of children and putting them in a position that is just simply evil. There's no other way to describe it. It's devoid of God. It's devoid of godliness. It's devoid of any quality you would define as integral. It is the definition of not having integrity, okay? And I usually say it's about 75% of the people in Hollywood that I would describe that way, and about 25% are in a totally different category. I'd say a mix of categories. But there is a serious problem there. And somebody like Lil Nas X, I just, I hope to see his salvation, I hope to see his heart change. But from experience, it's, it's hard to believe that's gonna happen because I've seen enough people walk down the path he's walked and they don't come back. They just wanna lead other people down with them. And I just think the more aware we are, especially as parents and as influence, you know, changers within our community, because I like to say, all of us should try to influence our community we need to be aware of what our children are consuming my kids do not consume anything like this they don't listen to people like this they don't watch their videos because i'm acutely aware of the damage it can do and i've warned people about this for a very long time i've warned the rap community like executives for a very long time have intentionally lifted up people who talk about guns drugs killing you know um hitting violence against women raping women all types of terrible stuff and they've done it intentionally because they want the problems that we see in the black community, okay? Now, the people who are doing this have their own culpability for their actions, but this starts at a very high level in terms of their goals for certain subsets of people. And so this is, not, this is not just a black community problem. I mean, this goes around. The entire entertainment industry in different ways tries to gear different people towards different things. Look at a show like Euphoria on HBO that is clearly geared to try to lean younger middle class Americans of all colors who are in high school down a path of debauchery, darkness, and drugs. Because if you're broken, you need someone to care for you. And they don't want you to run to a church. They want you to run to daddy government. That's what they want. They want you to lean in and depend on the government. That's what shows like that are made to do. And so um, that's my rant on Hollywood for today. I'm sure I'll have more soon, but I I had to get that off my chest because I saw these two things and they both really bothered me. Um, As long as we're on the topic of things that really bother me, um, we still have left to talk about Mark Cuban and about the crisis at the border. And uh, we've got to talk about a clip from Michelle Obama. But I want to dive into two things first, and that's the Amish and Congressional Trades. The Congressional Trades part, we'll we'll start with, okay? So Quiver Quantitative, which if you haven't followed, um, them and Unusual Whales have been tracking the trading activities of our members of Congress. And something interesting just happened this morning that I think is worthy of people calling and asking questions of their congressional members. Um, so Congress appears to be hiding their new stock trades. According to the Stock Act, they are not supposed to be able to do that, but uh, Quiver Quantitative, they have a code that detects when new congressional financial disclosures are filed. It's seen four new filings in 2024, but none have been made public. This deserves answers. Why is this suddenly being hidden? And so if you can go ahead and take five minutes, you know today I think it's worth sending an email to your rep and asking why members of Congress are not complying with the Stock Act, and why the four most recent financial disclosures this year are not being made public by four different members of Congress. And this is not a one-party problem, this is a two-party problem. Democrats and Republicans are having this problem. I've been a long-time advocate of the fact that I don't think congressional reps should be allowed to trade at all. I'm even suspicious of the idea of blind trusts, and the reason why is because I know that most blind trusts are a sham, okay? Most of them, when you're at an elite level, most of them are a wink-wink and a nod, you know? It's a blind trust, but really, it's their buddy who runs the blind trust and they'll give them info, buddy uses the info, and they never get caught. That's generally what, what these people are doing, and so if we can just be honest, let's unrig the game, let's just tell the truth, that's what they're doing, okay? That's what they're doing. So. If you want real change, you've got to explain the actual problem. Because if, if we don't do that, we're just going to be running in circles forever. While in the meantime, you've got Democrats doing things like this. You see, they're not sitting on their thumbs. They're not sitting there running in circles. They're actually trying to fundamentally change and destroy the United States of America. So when you look at something like this, this is a group called... Americans for Tax Fairness. They're pushing this new idea and you're meant to fall for it because you're supposed to hate billionaires. There's supposed to be these evil you know, entities out there and by and large they are, um, but that's the framing of it to get you to buy into this idea. And this idea is one of the most ludicrous, dangerous things you could possibly conceive of, okay? Here it is. Billionaires and centimillionaires held 8.5 trillion in untaxed, unrealized capital gains in 2022. They claim that unrealized gains are the largest source of income for the ultra-rich, but they're completely untaxed under our tax code. This is why we need a billionaire income tax. This is what they say, okay? Now, let me explain to you why that is absolutely insane. First of all, if you don't know what an unrealized capital gain is, that's fine, okay? Most people don't. Unrealized capital gain, the easiest way I could explain it to you is if I bought a house for $1 million, And then five years from now, it's worth $5 million. I haven't sold my house. I'm still living in it, okay? Living in my house and trying to enjoy the fruits of my labor and have done nothing to assess the property or anything else, okay? But the government says it's worth 5 million now because if you did sell it, you know, they're going off like Zillow estimate or whatever it is, okay? If you did sell it, it would be worth 5 million, okay? And so that's a $4 million unrealized gain. So if they taxed me on that unrealized gain, well, what if I'm not selling my house? W- what if I decide, you know, I'm gonna hold this house for, for a couple years longer because I think that the market's gonna go up even more. And then when I do sell it, they wanna tax me again? That's called double taxation. Not only that, uh, let's extend this out a little bit further, okay? because this is where it gets really interesting. Let's say I start a company, okay? Company does marginally well. It goes public, okay? I'm the majority stockholder. Well, the stock starts out at $10 a share. Within a couple years, it's at $100 a share. Massive increase in my wealth, okay? Here's a problem though. If I sell a bunch of my stock, really bad things happen. But the government just passed this new thing where I've got to pay tax on unrealized gains. Well, those unrealized gains are my stock holdings. So let's say that's $400 million, okay, in unrealized gains. Well, I don't have that kind of cash laying around to pay unrealized gains tax on that. So what am I gonna do? I'm gonna sell a bunch of my stock. What is the cascading effect that happens as a result? Well, the value of my company goes down. A lot because you know I'm the principal owner essentially even though it's a public company I own the majority of the stock so that spooks investors they're scared now what is wrong with the company the majority stakeholder who owns most of the stock just sold off a massive amount And I could try to say, oh, it's, you know, I got to pay these unrealized gains taxes, but market doesn't believe it. First day, it goes down 75%. Second day, it goes down another 25. Then people get really spooked because it's not bouncing back. There's no dead cat bounce, which is what they call in the stock market. It's not there. So it crashes, crashes even more day by day by day. Suddenly that stock is worth $5 each, okay? And it keeps going down. What do you think happens to the company? Everybody gets fired. People are destitute. They can't pay their kids tuition, they can't pay their kids food, they can't pay their rent, so on and so forth. You can imagine, you're all very smart people, okay? This is what they're trying to sell you on when in reality what it is, is a fast lane to communism. Because it's, it's not only double taxation, But it's a fast lane to destroying businesses, small businesses, not just mega businesses, by the way, small businesses. Because many billionaires and people with hundreds of millions of dollars have an interest in small businesses. They invest in them. And as a byproduct of that, there'll be a cascading effect in real estate, in the financial markets, everywhere else. It will drive us into something that will make the Great Depression look like a weekend at Disneyland, back when Disneyland wasn't woke. So they're doing this. Well, conservatives are arguing over calendars, okay? They have plans, we have reactions, and that's what needs to change. Our side needs to become much more headstrong in the fact that we need plans, we need to organize, we need to use every lever of power we have, because if we don't, we will lose our country. We might get to whine about it on social media until they ban that too, okay? But that's not good enough for me, I want my kids to live in a real country, a country that defends our values, defends the ideals that our founders had. And if you want that too, start with yourself because there is nobody coming to save us. Okay? So if you're waiting for somebody to come and save you, a human being is not going to do it. Okay? You can look for the eternal salvation. That's fantastic. But I'm talking about right here, right now, our political situation. No human being is going to swoop in. Not Trump, not Vivek, not Ron, not Nikki, not nobody. Okay. It's on you locally to get together a group of like-minded people and to do whatever you can to get the right people in office, get the right policies passed and be the change you want to see in the world. Because if you do that little by little by little, we're going to see a massive collective effect of everybody doing that in their local areas because guess what local politicians become national politicians so if you start now getting the right people in there on a local level their name id goes up and then what happens in a state election well they end up becoming governors and senators and congress members and so on and so forth and eventually one of them might just become president and they might just run this country like they love it okay so you know that's my advice to people is is let's be the change we want to see in the world. Um, As long as we're on the topic of things that drive me crazy, I'm gonna show you guys a video. The government is going after the Amish again. And as many of you have seen, I had a video this last Friday that over the weekend went viral. Millions of people have watched it where I introduced the idea that uh, initially, um, you know, one of my friends saw Harrison Smith uh, post and we ended up, you know, running with this story is fantastic to set people aware of the fact of what our government did to the bison and the buffalo back in the day to make the Indians, the Native Americans more dependent on the government and to try to stop some of the, the fighting that was still going on and how climate change and the way that they're trying to frame it as a reason to kill animals should be a red flag to people. Well, another red flag this whole idea of the government having total control or at least super control over our food sources um this is another red flag of of that situation where the government is taking massive control of our food okay and that should be something everybody's concerned about because you need food to survive you don't want our government in control of it. So these Amish, these Amish people, first of all, I can't say enough good things about the Amish. These people, they keep to themselves. They live by their values. They raise their young men to be strong and their families to help each other. You know, They stay out of everybody's business. And all they ask is that we stay out of theirs. And I respect that. They, they live their way of life, the way they live it. And they don't ask anything of us. And they do actually, in many cases, help their community around them, who are not Amish. You know, I recently had some Amish folks here in Tennessee build a barn with me. You know, this is this is a good group of people. Okay, salt of the earth people who just they want to live their way of life. So I'm going to play you this video, and it should it should infuriate you.
3: Again, this is Chris Hume with the Lancaster Patriot. I'm still outside Amos Miller's organic farm operation. Behind me is the building. Uh, they're not allowing anybody in there to film to ask questions. Apparently, they're not even allowing Amos Miller, the, the owner of this establishment into the building to see what they're doing. Now, that's very concerning. We don't know what they're doing. Since there's no one filming it, we don't know if they're, you know, could they be adding any, any sort of foreign materials to the milk? Intentionally, unintentionally, we simply don't know because we are not inside there. We're not allowed to be in there. Again, they've been in here for multiple hours at this point. They're not letting people in. Uh, We can only film through the glass, get pictures and video through the glass, can't see everything. They have multiple coolers uh, filled up apparently with products. Uh, They've been in there for a long time. There's at least six or seven people in there. Again, searching Amos Miller's property and uh, who knows what they're doing in there. And uh, this does not look good for for the state agents and what they're doing here. Uh, They've come into this property and they're searching Amos Miller's property. What wrong has he done here? Where's the victim? Where's the person that is saying Amos Miller has made me sick? I want restitution. Where's the evil? Looks like the door's opening here behind me. Looks like we have people coming out. Can I have the numbers? Yeah. Yep. All documents are right there. Can we get your badge number, sir? Badge numbers and the name. You okay with your badge number? There sure, goes food. your badge number sir we have hauling off coolers we don't know what's in there not sure what they put in there not sure what they brought in what they're taking out
0: so they destroyed the food there at this farm, at this Amish farm in Pennsylvania, they destroyed it, okay? We're talking about raw milk, organic meat, organic everything, okay? And they sell it to their community. There's no massive claims of like, oh, they made me sick or anything. In fact, quite the opposite. There's customers saying, this has been fantastic for my family. This is the healthiest food source we've ever had. They're fantastic people, fair prices, everything else. There has been no negative press against these people, okay? It is just the government weaponizing and going after a small farming operation where they provide food to their community, okay? This is why I am calling on people, encouraging people, find a way to create your own food sources, okay? Because you can't even depend on this. You can't depend on going to these smaller farm operations and buying your, your, your meat or your raw milk or anything else there because the government's going after them If you truly wanna make sure your family is prepared, find a way to do this stuff. And some people say, well, Robbie, I can't do it because I'm in an apartment, I'm in a big city, I can't get out. Okay, couple different issues to cover there. Okay, if you're in an apartment, um, you can still grow vegetables. Okay, That's, that's totally possible. And you can also find a butcher outside of your city who has a ranch, who does do this stuff ethically? Does do it right because another another thing is, we don't want to be giving money to these big ag operations where they treat animals horribly. Okay, I've made you know no qualms about the fact that I eat meat. I love meat. Um, you know, I think that it's the best thing for my biology. I've been on a mostly meat diet for quite a while now, and I've been the healthiest that I can remember. But it's important to me that i'm not enriching places that abuse animals and it's important enough to me to go and find that local source where the animals are treated right and they're healthy because at the end of the day remember the saying you are what you eat so i want to eat from a cow that has had a relatively normal life not been stuck in a dark room until it's time to be cold and die you know i want one that's been happily grazing and everything else so you know when i when i look at this situation with the amish it tells me okay we need to double down on having our own meat sources having our own you know vegetables our own everything because if we don't we could end up in serious trouble if the government continues to double down on these things because at the end of the day I don't trust the labels that our grocery stores even there's been so much fraud when it comes to organic labels once the government got involved in that whole situation and you could basically pay to have those labels it became almost worthless to have it you know because a lot of people who are using it it's it's not real um, I still prefer the tried-and-true method of going to a place that is nearby you farmers markets are generally more trustworthy than the grocery store um, and talking to those people find out what their belief system is because if you know somebody's on the same page as you there's a much higher likelihood they're doing things the right way than there is that a major operation is Um, and that's just the way it is sadly but this situation is awful if you want to help this family on my ex page there's a post about them you'll have to scroll i think it's like six seven posts down something like that but there's a give send go link to them um it's raised about a hundred thousand dollars so far toward their legal efforts and everything else so um you know because they're gonna have to be suing they're gonna be have to be paying um you know their employees there who can't do anything right now they're gonna have to you know replace the income for this family who can't produce anything right now and the government's trying to get them to throw out any milk or anything else that's made at this time you know it's not like the cows stop making milk Um, so this is this is something i think is important and a lot of people are rallying to the cause because um, we've got to stand up for the small you know the small businesses the little guy in general and this is that's the definition of an amish small farmer or rancher operation Um, (laughs) now we've got we've got ourselves an interesting a couple things left to talk about. So have y'all seen this plane um, where Alaska Air, the door flew off in the middle of the flight? Let me zoom in here. We'll pull this up on screen so you guys can see it. And by the way, just curious, we're live on Instagram uh, for, this is technically the first time we did do this last week but it wasn't live while it was happening at least not to our knowledge there were some weird technical glitches i can actually see that we're live right now if you are listening on instagram please critique the things that you would like to see differently um are you is everything working okay you know are you seeing everything wonderfully does the audio sound crisp and clear we want to know all that stuff so we can get things dialed in on our end for the instagram audience as well um you know, X is our primary place that we sort of are. Um, you know, making sure all of our content is 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 ready for. But we want everything to look and sound good there as well. So if you're on there, just let us know, comment what your experience is. Um, but this story about the plane, pretty pretty crazy. Okay, so look at this: door flies off mid-flight. Somehow nobody dies, but a bunch of a bunch of phones fall out. Okay, so a bunch of phones fall out. Now this might just be. The, and you guys know I'm no big fan of Apple, okay? um i'm pretty much stuck using their products because there's nothing else that can do what we need them to do and i've told elon musk if you create an alternative like i am selling all this stuff immediately and i will buy it okay um and that goes for a lot of other people i know a lot of people who will immediately ditch their iphones and their imacs and everything else if there's an alternative from tesla or from some other company by somebody who's not insane um and not trying all this woke stuff that apple's been trying but I do have to admit this is probably the best ad for an iPhone. I've ever seen this phone fell 16,000 feet. It dropped 16,000 feet and it survived without a crack. Look at this. I mean, that's incredible and you can see the NTSB is out there for this for this phone where they found it. They found it still open to the page. It was on because I guess the person had there's a thing you can do where your screen doesn't lock on an iphone and they had that on so the guy didn't have to do you know the swipe up for face id or for you know password or anything like that it was just open to this page about their baggage and uh ntsb confirmed that they did find this phone in fact uh, a a random guy this guy seanathan bates sean bates he found it there out in uh, washington so incredible i mean if uh, apple's stupid if they don't try to use an ad out of this i mean that is probably the best ad second best ad I've seen in recent times there's one better I don't have it on here I'd play it for you guys there's one for Stanley that was like you can't buy this type of advertisement Those state you know those cups um, I detest things like this normally where something becomes like a must-have because it's like this like keeping up with the Joneses thing where like you have to have this certain thing to have a status I usually hate that stuff but I've got to be honest the Stanleys, this ad that I saw recently was that this lady's car's on fire, okay? And the only thing that was not just absolutely destroyed was the Stanley. And it was still cold. They still, she shook it and the ice is still in there, still cold. And I was like, I got to admit that is probably the best ad I've ever seen for a product. Um, and the company then came in and gave the lady a free car and replaced her cups. So... Um, you know that's that's probably the only one I've seen that was a better easy free marketing point um, but Alaska Airlines has focused a lot on their DEI goals I found this interesting you know that they've got this this whole problem where the door flies off and then the black box NTSB reviews it and finds out there's nothing on the black box recording because It was never turned off. These things, what a lot of people don't know is those black boxes on planes, they have to be turned off at a certain point or they just record over themselves. And the pilots never did that. Now, when a plane crashes into the ocean or something like that, the plane loses power and that automatically tells the black box to turn off. But in the case of a situation like this where you have like something just fly off the plane but the the plane is still working and they go and they land it, the pilot needs to do that. Well they didn't apparently Um, and NTSB didn't do it either when it was delivered to them so they have nothing on the black box they don't know what the heck happened you know I mean they're just going to be going off the word of whatever anybody says but they don't have an actual recording of the events as they occurred. And so I found this interesting when I saw their focus on DEI stuff. Um, they're trying to increase diversity all across the company. Um, now, see, I would prefer they just make sure the doors don't fly off while I'm on the plane. That's just, that's just me, maybe. I mean, maybe some other people, they want to focus on diversity. But uh, for me, I'd say just try to make sure the plane doesn't fall apart while I'm flying in it or a door fly off or my phone fly out. You know, all those things seem like good ideas to me. That seems like a good use of time, um, but you know, as we get into this plane issue, it's gonna transition us into Mark Cuban. You might be scratching your head. If you don't know what's happened and gone on online with Mark Cuban, you might be scratching your head at this tweet that I've got behind me because it's showing an article from the Daily Wire that says United Airlines says it wants 50% of pilots trained in the next decade to be women or people of color. And uh, Mark Cuban recently said, DEI does not mean you don't hire on merit. Of course you hire based on merit. Okay, obviously that is false. But when you go through the whole Mark Cuban saga, it is insane. What he said is insane here, but the whole thing put together is even more insane because the stuff that we're going to dive into here really should, should make some things very clear. We'll put it that way. But yeah, United Airlines wants 50% of pilots to be women or people of color, um, you know, to me, I don't want my pilot cho- chosen by their skin color. I don't care what skin color they are. I don't care if they're you know, a man or a woman. I-, I really don't care about that stuff, but I certainly don't want them chosen by it. I want them chosen because they are a damn good pilot. I want to know airlines were fighting over my pilot. That's what I want to know. I want to know like, damn it, Mark is so good. He had offers from every airline, and they were knocking down his door. They were bidding over the top of each other. You had one I'll to give four hundred thousand, no, five hundred thousand. I want that pilot. That's who I want to fly me around. That's that should be what we all want, right? Is like I don't care if Mark is black, white. You know, I, I don't care. Mark could be polka dotted for all I care. I wanna know he was the best pilot that everybody was fighting over because he's so damn good, okay? He's on time, he, he, you know, turbulence with him feels like, you know, you're just going through butter, okay? Like, that should be the goal, okay? But it's not, not for the DEI cult. And so if you've been watching X, I've gotten into it, uh, into this this whole conversation and Elon Musk has been responding to my commentary on this and Mark Cuban has been um, on this pro-DEI side while myself and Elon are very anti-DEI. For good reason, I would say. But um, I just wanna take you back to, to where this all started. You know, Elon Musk said that DEI is racist. It's the definition of racism and he's absolutely right about that. And if you don't believe me, before we dive into what Mark Cuban said, I can give you a very clear example of why DEI is racist, okay? My kids, let's take them for example. In fact, we'll take just my son. My son has me as his father, I'm Latino. My wife is Scottish, so she's white, okay? Some people would even define me as a white Latino and that's fine. But if you go onto a paper and you're selecting either Hispanic or white, You've got to choose one when you go in for a job interview or for college admissions up until recently so we'll just stick with job interviews if my son goes for a job interview and he has the option to check latino or he has the option to check white which one should he check because if he checks latino he is going to receive priority um, consideration for that job he is more likely to get that job if he checks the latino box As his Latino father, I am fully aware of this fact, and it is racist that if he checks the white box because his mom is white, he is less likely to get the job. That is the definition of racism. It is discrimination based on race or ethnicity, okay? And so he's got that interesting background where his dad's Latino, his mom's white, you know you got to pick one on that job form you're more likely to get the job if you check Latino and so as somebody who fully could benefit from this whole DEI cult because I could say oh well I'm Latino so I'm more deserving of this I should get these loans and all these things because there's banks who are literally giving loans right now based on increased diversity in in loaning money out okay ludicrous absolutely ludicrous I don't want my kids ever wondering if they were a diversity hire that's why none of my children will be checking latino on their job applications if i have anything to do with it because i want them to know that they got whatever job they get in life that wherever their career goes i want them to know that they are at the position they're at because of merit because they did a damn good job they worked hard they did what they needed to do they've been innovative and creative and fantastic as an employee or as a business, you know, as a creator, I think a lot of my kids will probably end up doing their own thing in small businesses because they're more geared toward that. Um, But even if they're not, I want them to know they did the best and that's why they got where they, they ended up in life. And so, you know, I reject the premise as a Latino that I need some special help or that my kids need some special boost up, okay? That is what I find racist. That's what I find to be systemically racist, is the idea that, oh, my kids must be dumber or discriminated against to a degree where they need a boost up by DEI to be able to get a job. Sorry, but my kids don't, neither do I. I'm fully capable on my own of succeeding in life. People like Mark Cuban might not think so, but I think so, okay? And if you go and you talk to most minorities and you ask them, hey, do you need a boost up by white Democrats? They're gonna be like, what? Do you think you can succeed on your own or do you need white Democrats to help you? They're gonna be like, that's racist, okay? Because it is, it is racist. I mean, anybody who's paying attention can see that it's racist. But here's what Mark Cuban said. He said, let me help you out and give you my thoughts on DEI. Diversity is good business, okay? I'm not even gonna go into the litany of all the idiocy that he follows with. You can go look at the thread for yourself. And I encourage you to. I just personally can't take reading it again because it is so infuriatingly stupid. Okay? So I responded to him. Mark, in 2021, S&P 100 companies admitted that they hired minorities for 94% of the 323,094 jobs that they created, 94%, okay? 61% of America is non-Hispanic white. They got 6% of those jobs. Respectfully, this reveals your narrative to be a fantasy at best, or absolute intentional bullshit at worst. And I think it's probably the latter because you're not a dumb guy, okay? I think you're selling something to be woke and to virtue signal, but DEI is racism. Minorities are fully capable of getting ahead. We live in a country full of opportunity. Do not treat other people like they need special consideration because of their skin. That is racist, okay? I don't need any special consideration from people like Mark. You know, what Mark is defending when he defends DEI is the DEI industrial complex that pushes stuff like this. Coca-Cola in a training seminar telling employees to try to be less white. Girl Scouts host training sessions on internalized racism and white supremacy culture. This is what Mark is defending every time he trots out there and defends DEI. Disturbing audio shows anti-racism instructor attacking principals white supremacy before he killed himself yes he killed himself after this teachers ordered by obama appointed judge to pay $300,000 after opposing dei training unprecedented ruling professor claims that grading students on english is racist you know my favorite thing to come out of this though is there's a lady named uh, I think it's Wu Wei or Wei Wu. I'm not sure which one it is, okay? We're gonna go with Wu Wei. Okay. Hopefully I'm right about that. Maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm right. But um she is calling for, she is a Chinese immigrant to the West, okay? And she is calling in the name of DEI to be signed as the newest member of the Dallas Mavericks. You know, the team that uh Mark Cuban has a minority stake in now. Yes, a minority stake. He sold the majority stake. Um she is calling for a contract on the Dallas Mavericks and to my honor, I am honored, okay, Wu Wei has said that I'm such a great person that she would like to offer me the small forward position once she signed the Mavericks and we have both decided to, you know, really be generous. You know, I think it's important to give back when Mark Cuban's trying to give to us by making life more diverse for us and benefiting us through DEI. So we've decided we're going to accept a clean 13 million a year each of us. Okay. 13 million a year, we're not going to demand any more. You know, I mean, we could go for 40, 50 million easily because we identify as the best basketball players in the world. i um, actually of all time I identify as better than Michael Jordan. So because of that, I should be getting paid a lot more. But um, I'm gonna accept 13 million a year, it's a clean number. I want I want there to be money to hire other good players so we can be a very diverse team. We will increase diversity greatly, uh, me and Wu Wei. So I'm excited for us to join the team. We're just waiting on Mark to let us know when we can get to practice and everything. Although I would say it might be a little racist to make us practice because, you know, we identify as the best and, you know, I think probably me and Wu Wei have already been put through enough, you know, with our identities and also we should probably just get to play the games and, you know, get paid. So, we'll see. you know, if we have to negotiate, do practice, that's okay. Um, I said, you know, there there was a lot of uh, kickback to this and I explained what I just explained earlier about my son. You know, if he goes to get a job, he'll get priority if he checks Latino and he will be less likely to get the job. He'll be the back of the line if he says he's white. And somebody responded. Okay. They said, I'm Latino and I'm still connected to my roots. Unlike you, you are an uncle Tom. What priority are you talking about? What box? You're a politician who just wants power and influence and will say anything to get it. Pathetic. You will sensationalize DI and race for political games. Okay. A couple things here. First of all, if you're still connected to your roots, why are you calling me an uncle Tom? That's not something you even call Latino people. You shouldn't call anybody it, but to call a Latino, that is just ludicrous. At least, at least try to change it to some sort of Spanish version, you know, like Tio Tomas, you know, that'd be like kind of like saying uncle Tom in Spanish. You'd be like Tio Tomas. Um, I don't want to give you guys any ideas cause you guys are crazy. So you'll probably run with that. But you know, when I look at stuff like this, there are some people that are just so addicted to victimhood. They really do want anything they can get for free just for their identity. Okay. Nothing bad has happened to me in America because I'm Cuban, okay? I'm an American first. My family came from Cuba. I am thankful as hell that I was not born in Cuba because I would be, I'd probably be dead right now because my spirit is just too geared toward freedom. They, they would have killed me in Cuba. There's no way that I, I wouldn't have made it there, okay? Just being totally honest. There's no way I would have survived Cuba. I'm just, I'm too outspoken. I know what I believe. I know what I want. I've known since I was very young, Okay. And that was just, that would not have been a good fit in Cuba. My identity and my roots, you know, when you look at like family, that's, that's your roots. You know, the, the Cuban family getting together, having good food, it's big family, very loud, all that, you know, that's your roots. Okay. There's certain identity based things, you know, types of foods you guys eat, you know, things like that. That may be a part of your history, but my identity and my real roots are as an American. You know, and and that should be the case for everybody, no matter where your family comes from, because without America, we wouldn't have another place to go where we could live the way we have lived up to this point. But we're at the precipice of that changing, and that's why it requires people like us to step up and tell the truth. Okay. Um, Now, in terms of the other things you said, I'm not running for anything. So I'm not a politician. If anybody thinks I'm doing this because I'm just a politician, I'm not running for anything. In fact, I think some of the things I'm saying and have been saying for a while uh, may not be the most politically popular um, in terms of the established, you know, parties out there and everything like that. But you know, I I think that in Mark Cuban's case, we sort of destroyed the whole thing when I put this video up that went viral, and that's that the Maverick CEO admitted they forced DEI trainings and set up a hotline for workers to tattle on other employees who broke DEI rules and then said, quote, they purged what needed to be purged, okay, and again, this was something Elon Musk helped highlight to the public um, after I wrote that, um, and it was it was found, by the way, before I play this video, amazing find by at MKE, great account, has a lot of videos that they find that are really interesting, so check this video out
2: wanted to also focus on emotional safety. And I told the team, uh, these uh, values would be on the walls, but more importantly, they would operate in the halls. And so then we went through a series of uh, sessions to really dig into those values and what it meant to have values based employment uh, at the Dallas Mavericks. And then the 100 day plan was in four parts. And it was to model zero tolerance. Uh, So set up a hotline complaint process, etc, do an investigation, Purge what we needed to purge Uh, a mavs women's agenda so a very uh, descriptive agenda around elevating empowering and just educating women Uh, cultural transformation which is all the things around diversity and inclusion employee engagement our employer resource group just the things we needed to do uh, to institutionalize an inclusive culture Um, and then operational effectiveness basic things like market-based compensation performance reviews gender pay equity analysis, all that. So it was about 200 initiatives.
0: Isn't it amazing how flowery they can make communism sound? Like they can be like basically, hey, we're gonna get you fired and destroy your life. We're so inclusive. You know, I mean, that's that's the message here is like, if you step out of line, you're going to be purged. They literally use the term purged, okay? I mean, I don't know how much more explicit you can get than you're going to be purged if you step out of line from our DEI trainings it's pretty explicit on its own. Um, I'm running over as usual and talking too much, but I'll save a few things I was going to talk about today for later. Um, but we're going to talk about one more issue before we sign out today, and that is the crisis at the border, because it is so out of control. I do want to point something out. Um, can somebody tell me what happened to John Fetterman? If you look at this this uh, image we've got, this is a real quote. I saw it. John Fetterman said there is a crisis at the border and I don't know how anyone could pretend there isn't. What the heck happened to the guy from the campaign? That guy was crazy. Now not only is he saying this, he called all the people at Harvard pinkos, which is a term for communists, okay? I don't know what happened, but I do think that it should send a message to everybody that John Fetterman had a medical emergency he was in a bad mental place. He went and he got mental health care and he came out no longer a progressive and telling the truth about the border crisis and calling the leftists at Harvard a bunch of pinko communists. That should say something. So I encourage all of the progressives watching, you know, hate watching right now, go get some mental health care. You may be a success story like John Fetterman, too, who may come out of that situation a little less crazy, okay? Um, I encourage it, I really do. It would actually be very good for you, even though that medical industrial complex is generally pretty crooked. Um, I'll take anything at this point for you guys, because you need the help. And, uh, you know, clearly getting it can lead to some things that are a little bit better. He's no conservative, you know, I mean, I get that. I'm not saying, you know, Fetterman's somebody you wanna vote for or anything, but as long as Pennsylvania has to have a Democrat uh, senator for the time being until the next election, um, I do like that he is questioning the establishment orthodoxy and he's making things kind of uncomfortable for the far left. You know, he's he's been really pissing off the progressives in the Democratic Party. And I think that that's probably a good thing. He's still going to vote with Democrats 90% of the time, make no mistake. Uh, but it's sort of like Kristen cinema. as long as there was going to be a Democrat senator in Arizona, it was like, yeah, well, I guess you know, at least she's doing this that make things kind of uncomfortable for them and expose how crazy these people are. Um, So, I I mean, until the next election, you know, I hope he continues to do stuff like this, but I would like to know, you know, what happened to that guy from the campaign because this is a different man, you know, and I think the only possible explanation is the fact that, you know, he got that mental health care and I'm happy he did, you know, I I hope he's he's doing better, he's happier. I do want to play you guys a video real quick. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. From
2: all parts of the political spectrum, one of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to immigration is the fact that we have an undocumented population. Mm -hmm. Now you can fix that by trying to build a wall or you can fix that by trying to document people and create a path.
0: Okay, guys, hear me out. You can fix murder by literally like making murder not illegal anymore. Like if you do that, then there's no murderers in jail. And then we can say arrest for murder like don't happen anymore because we're such a safe country. So let's just make murder legal and then we won't have so many illegal murders anymore. (laughs) That's basically what she's saying, okay? Like let's just make all of the people breaking into our country full citizens and let them vote, as if that's a real solution. No, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to make them citizens. We're not going to let them vote in our elections. You are insane. Absolutely. And it would be, this is the thing I like to remind people, it would be funny if it wasn't so damn dark, okay? These people want to destroy the country. I'm not talking about the illegals, okay? They, they they have their own set of issues, okay, and the reasons why that they're doing what they're doing. But they've basically been invited by crazy people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and her party, okay? I just love doing that just for the effect. Um, you know, you look at this whole situation, it's no laughing matter. Look at this illegal immigrant encounters. Biden is over 12 million by the end of his term at the current pace he's at, okay? At the current pace, he's gonna be crossing 12 million by the end of his term, illegals. that came into our country, okay? Now, if you look at the entirety of the Trump administration, that was 4.7 million and many of which were deported. And then Obama admin, it was 5 million, okay? So we're talking about numbers that are astronomical never been seen before okay and this fundamentally changes a country you're gonna have some Democrats push back they're gonna go Robbie these people don't vote they don't vote so how are they gonna change the country well I'm not even gonna get into the micro part of the issue because that's an episode to itself because As you get into hospitals and public transit and the effect on public schools, I mean, we could literally do like a five-part series on how they affect all of these different things in public services and things like traffic and everything else. Let's just micro-focus in on the political real quick, since some people on the left are so quick to jump to this idea that, well, they can't vote, so how are they gonna affect things? Well, actually, they affect them greatly, and there's two ways. Number one, on a local level, some Democrat-run places are now allowing illegals to vote. San Francisco has moved toward this, Boston has, DC has, and there's a bunch of other left-wing cities who are moving toward doing this, okay? Um, Secondarily, here is the primary largest effect of illegal immigration that most people have no clue about, okay? You ready for this? So how are congressional districts apportioned in the United States? Well, it's very simple. It's apportioned by the US census. But the census doesn't just count citizens, it also counts illegals. So California right now has about six congressional seats they would not have if we only counted US citizens because states are apportioned the number of congressional districts they have based on the final number of population in that state. If you removed the illegals from that equation, California would have about 6 less and they would all go to red states. I mean, red states would be picking up seats left and right if we did this because New York would have the same problem as California. The only state that w- that is red that would probably lose a couple seats would probably be Texas maybe lose one or two and then Florida would lose one or two, but collectively it would end up in a Republican favor, okay? It would be vast majority of Republican states gaining congressional seats as a byproduct of getting rid of illegals out of our census. So census-wise, illegal immigrants already have representation without ever voting, without ever committing voter fraud. They already have representation by virtue of the fact that they're counted in our census when they should not be. Okay, so one thing we can demand is our representatives go and make that change and make it illegal to count illegals in the census. You must show evidence of being a citizen to be counted in the census. That's step number one. That would vastly change the landscape in American politics, okay? Number two is the fact that when you talk about voting in federal elections, I have shown you guys videos of illegals telling you they plan to vote in the election, they plan to vote for Biden because he gave them a quote, opportunity. I've shown you these videos, okay? So if hearing it straight from the horse's mouth is not good enough, let me give you another equation to ponder. Now, if you live in California, you go to the DMV, what do they do? They absolutely harass you to register to vote, okay? I mean, they're not letting you out of that place if you don't register to vote. And uh, here's the interesting thing, illegals can get licenses in California, okay? Um, And they're not the only Democrat state like this. In fact, some Democrat states have automatic registration while getting a license, and they allow illegal immigrants to get licenses. But California Secretary of State has done something that a bunch of others have not. He has actually admitted that the DMV has registered tens of thousands of illegal immigrants to vote in federal elections. Okay? And they're, they're, they're basically going on the buddy system, you know, the honor system right now of, hey, we know we registered you to vote, but please don't do it. Does anybody think that would hold up in court? That, that they registered this person to vote? They'd be like, I didn't know I couldn't vote. They told me I could at the government office. Any judge is going to just throw it out and be like, yeah, they didn't know. Just, just don't count that vote. How many people like that do you think are going to vote? I can't even quantify the number because I think it's probably incredibly insane Um, and then on top of that you've got taxpayers paying for this California is the first U.S. state to offer health insurance to all illegal immigrants, okay, taxpayers are paying for that and you've got floods of migrants heading into the country you can see in videos like this they are flooding in okay. This is a problem that gets worse day by day, processing over 300,000 migrants in December. This problem is not going away. In places like New York City, you're seeing migrants show up at random people's houses, asking for money and food. Although this is one of those cases where, you know, I do have a hard time sympathizing. These people voted for this. You voted for this. You voted to be a sanctuary city. You voted for all this stuff. Um, Don't be upset now that the chickens have come home to roost, okay? They're knocking at your door because they said that you'd be there for them. That's what happens. So you've got you've got these folks just knocking on doors here. You can see some of these images where they're talking to residents and trying to get food and water and things like that. I will say one thing about these images from the New York Post. One of the only times I've seen women and children who have come over here illegally. I mean, it is exceptionally rare nowadays to see that. It is usually military age men. Um, but that's what happens when you invite people into your country. You tell them that you have sanctuary for them. So don't act upset when they come to your door and knock on it. Maybe you should stop telling people to come into the country illegally and maybe stop telling them you'll be their safe sanctuary. That seems like a good place to start. I mean, it's it's absolutely ludicrous the way that we're running the country. And here's the thing. If you don't believe the concept I told you about redistricting and everything and how redistricting process can get people more seats and things like that, New York Congresswoman Clark, who's a Democrat in, in uh, New York, says the quiet part out loud about the border. I need more people in my district just for redistricting purposes. Watch this.
4: Governor here, I would be afraid. Sorry, I played you the wrong video. Watch this.
2: York, we have a diaspora that, that can absorb a significant number of these migrants. and I, that, I, you know when I hear uh, colleagues talk about uh, you know the, 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 the doors of the inn being closed, um, no room in the inn, I, I'm saying you know I, I need more people in my district but just for redistricting purposes and those members could could clearly uh, fit here
0: so democrats understand what they're doing just to be very clear this is not a happy accident this is this is an intentional plan and this is the thing that the people on the right need to get clear on we need to be more intentional as i was talking about earlier and have plans and organize and show up here's the thing Democrats can get a bunch of people to show up to protest Starbucks having the wrong type of milk, okay? They'll glue themselves to the damn counters over milk. What would you glue yourself to a counter over? And I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but I'm saying where's your passion? These people will glue themselves to a counter over milk. What are you willing to be that passionate about? For me, it's the survival of my children and grandchildren in a country that resembles the country that I knew growing up. That is what I will glue myself to the damn counter for. And so I think you all need to ask yourself that question. What are you willing to be passionate about, spend your time on, show up for, and encourage your friends to do the same? And build a friend group that is like-minded enough to care. If your friends just don't care about the future of our country, it's not a good sign. Because even this Iranian illegal immigrant is able to tell you the truth about the state of America and our border. Check this out.
4: If I was a governor here, I would be afraid because all of these people in China, military, age. India, military, age. even myself, uh, I'm a military. Age. And there's a question is coming up in here, one more, uh, one uh, um, scary question. If an incident between U.S. and China uh, occur in uh, Taiwan, what these people do? Are
0: they come aside of the U.S. or they take uh, China's side? So what he's calling out here is, is, where are our loyalties going to be? You know, as illegal immigrants, those illegal immigrants who are coming in, where are those loyalties going to be? I'm speaking in first person as if I'm him. You know, where are they going to be? And, and he understands that should be a natural concern because he sees they are all military-age men coming in, including himself, and he's concerned about it because he's, you know, he'll go on and you'll, you'll understand why.
5: And, and no one's known. What was the route you took uh, from I, Iran? Uh, come to
4: Turkey and Turkey to Mexico. Mexico to... You know, so Mexico what would city. what would
5: prevent a terrorist from doing the same thing?
0: Sorry, we've got to restart that video here.
5: What was the route you took? Uh, nothing. That's
0: scary.
4: Real scary, I, I'm, I'm telling your friend, if you see the Europe, the people, the politician in Europe is sleeping out well. Uh, like, don't be offended, but Joe Biden is sleeping at the moment. It's
0: terrible. Trust me, none of us are offended, buddy.
4: Terrible. Not for U.S. for the all of the world. Just look at the world. We have three war. We have uh, sanction and we, has, we had a rescission in the entire planet. Everyone uh, say I'm wrong, but if you like it or not, if a uh, rescission come in U.S., the will uh, like a, epidemic, a pandemic comes in all the countries, and Joe Biden is doing this, it's not good.
5: So Trump was better. You want Trump back in office?
4: Uh, despite that, they fears us uh, if you come, uh, Trump is back, you will be deported. Yes, I want Trump back.
0: Wow. This guy's asking for Trump to come back even though he knows he'll be deported, okay? That's how bad the situation is, is illegal immigrants are like, your country's screwed with Biden. I mean, I'm really hoping Trump comes back, so even if that means I'm deported, I think the world will be better off. That's how screwed up things are right now. I want you guys to just let that sink in real quick.
5: Wow. That's a powerful statement.
4: Despite that, uh, because he just uh, create, and uh, we have uh, a sentence in our country uh, they that is uh, that means a lot for uh, this moment we say i said in persian uh, then i will rephrase it in english for you we say konad." Uh, uh, that means that if someone betray his family and his mother just think about that what he can do with the others
5: yeah if he doesn't care, respect them yeah, the white
4: and don't respect the U.S. Wow. That's my opinion.
5: Thank you. Well, are, uh, are you Muslim? If you don't mind me asking.
4: Uh, I'm, I'm born Muslim, but I don't believe in Islam. More more and, secular. And, more Secular. Secular. Yeah. Non-believer. And uh, I just want to say, if you ask me why I didn't go to Europe, that was easier for me. But uh, I don't trust them because they don't help any people. and. The last thing I said, I don't know it, if it's Reagan or if it's uh, Nixon said that. I think Reagan said that uh, Reagan saw, once told the people of the world, we are the last stand against uh, falling into democracy. If yeah. U.S. falls, everyone falls.
5: Wow. How concerned? So you're a secular. I'm um, speaking to some of these guys from Turkey. The same thing. They're fleeing. How, how bad is
0: it? Okay. So, I mean, the interview goes on and it's very interesting, but to just drive home my point, um, they know how bad this is, you know, even people coming in, the men coming in, they can see, okay, this is not normal. This is all military age men coming into a country in massive numbers. They understand the threat it poses. And I think that, you know, we really are at a defining juncture as a country. We're either going to stop this and we're going to take our country back, or we are going to allow really unimpressive people, to destroy it once and for all. And that really is going to be a price our kids have to pay. And they're going to be the ones who live through the hard times. You know the saying about hard times, weak men, all that. Our kids are gonna be the ones dealing with it if we're too weak to stop this. And it's why I'm telling everybody in your own area, take that time, take that energy to do the right thing and to stand up for your values. A couple just little updates and everything before we clear out of here. So the show is changing. We will be back next Monday, two o'clock. Every Monday, two o'clock will be live. We will normally take calls. Today, weird anomaly, honestly. We just couldn't do calls today. I didn't have time um, to get everything set uh, with the team. So normally we take calls on the the two o'clock show. On other days, we're going to pre-tape unless it's like breaking news or there's a reason we want to go live, um, at least for the interim, because we have some very good surprises coming up. Our documentary, The War on Children, will be out February 2nd. We're very excited about that. I'll tell you where very soon. We're going to have an announcement not too long from now and we'll be able to tell you guys some really exciting stuff. We've got some huge backers of this. Amazing, amazing, amazing people in the documentary. Um, I just watched it actually before the show today, which is why I didn't have time to do the call stuff. Um, We've got a lot going on it so that everything's ready on time. Um, But you guys are going to love this. If you are subscribed, I'm gonna let you in on a little something right now. If you were subscribed to me on X, okay? If you're subbed to me on X, It's five dollars a month that's less than the price of a bad coffee at starbucks okay um five dollars a month you will get access to that documentary immediately once we go live on february 2nd Um, and you're not going to regret it i can tell you that right now okay so if you go sub there five dollars a month if you watch the film and you go i hated it you know just dm me i will give you your money back okay um because I think it's going to really have a significant impact on you. And I think it's, it's going to be really important. So I wanted to say that to the audience who's here right now, because you guys are our, our writer dies. you know, get ready for that. It's, it's going to be incredible. And I, I need your guys' help. You guys are critical to the success of the documentary. We need you guys clipping it and posting it and talking about it and sharing it because this is information people need to know. It's critical. It's, teaching people what we can do as well, which is important. It's not just pointing out the problem. It's the roadmap to fixing things and identifying where these things are happening, what we can do as individuals. And we're gonna be releasing something that goes alongside it as well that'll be reading material for people to be able to have like an actual roadmap. Um, So get excited. We're very excited about it. If I seem like I'm a little like less prepared than usual on the show, it's because everything about the documentary is consuming my life right now um and cows cows are consuming my life our kids and documentary but hopefully it was a great show for you guys today we will see you all soon see you next week two o'clock same time same place and i'll be there